Come one, come all to the After Dark Podcast. The podcast in which Sheriff Anthony does his best to wrangle Conrad through Westworld, one doggone episode at a time. So kick back and grab yourself some Apple Jack, or some Adam's Ale if that's your preferred poison, and get ready for these two wannabe cowboys to ramble the night away. Music was provided by the fantastic Nancy Wyatt and Jared Iscariot. Enjoy the show! Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. My name's Anthony James, and that's Conrad. How are you, Conrad? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, you threw another word in. I haven't done that for a while. Up. I haven't done that for a while, actually. It, it it's an re- unprofessional start. Let the record show that I was ready. I came in here to work. <laughs> I came in with my business pants on, and Anthony has 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 pulled the rug out from under me, under me there. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> He's here. He's here. Good to see you, Conrad, as always. Uh, we're here to talk about a bit of Westworld. This is the uh, prime to the pump, you might say, the penultimate episode of mm. Westworld for the season. Um, before we get into the actual recap, Conrad, give me a 30-second explanation, or even a, even a one word if you want. What uh, do you feel ready for this finale? Are you pumped up for it? Uh, it it's the go-home show. Are you pumped? I don't know if I am, really. Like I feel, I feel like we're kind of just meandering towards it rather than sort of mm. I, I don't feel like they've maintained pace very well in this season I'm, I'm still you know I'm looking forward to it because it's a good show and I'm sure that there'll be some there'll be some some great uh, some great moments and some great cliffhangers uh, in the final episode but honestly the pacing hasn't been great I'm kind of just like treating each episode as it comes rather than feeling like we're building towards anything okay yeah, all right. I sort of feel the same way, to be honest with you. Um, having said that, I would remember what happens in the last episode, so I'm looking forward to watching it just to see if I remember it correctly and if I change my opinion. But I think overall, I, th- I agree with you. It's been a bit of a strange build. Yeah. Um, right, what do you think we get into the recap then? Let's do it. This episode chronicles the end of the man in Black's wife's life and how it haunts William even to this day. Unfortunately, he has become so convinced that every aspect of his life is part of Ford's game that he killed his own daughter. Also, Mavis kissed on the head by Ford and Bernard leaves Elsie behind after deleting Ford from his system. Lastly, Teddy commits suicide rather than be the person Dolores has changed him to be. Did I miss anything? Conrad, last week we started the chat all about Lee Sizemore in a way that wasn't about the main storyline. Let's mix mm. it up. Let's talk about the actual main storyline of this episode, first sure. of all, here. So this episode was all about the relationship between the man in black um, and his wife and daughter and how mm. that's sort of... It's a bit of a tragic story, to be honest with you, and the way that sort of uh, has affected his time in Westworld and affected his relationships prior, uh, post his wife dying and prior to that as well. Um, yes. First of all, let's talk about a sort of overarching here. Do you think that the relationships were portrayed well in this? Or did you like this episode? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. This is two really good kind of character-based episodes in a row, I think, for Westworld now. Like last last week with the, the Ake and Koha stuff, and this week with uh, with William and Juliet and Emily? I think so. Emily, his daughter? Yeah. Um, we literally talked about that before we started recording, and I've already forgotten his daughter's <laughs> name. Um, but it's not relevant anymore, as we'll find out later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to... I don't like 
I, I as a rule i try not to judge people's physical appearance even if they're actors because you know those in glass houses but I've put my neck on the chopping block before with Ed Harris when I've said that he must be about 80 by now. And when I saw uh, his wife, played by Celia Ward, I was like, this woman looks like she was about 10 years old when Ed Harris uh, was, was, was William's age. But it actually turns out that she is uh, 65, which only makes her five years younger than Ed Harris and just looks great for her age. So once again, I've popped my head up above the trenches to take a shot at Ed Harris and much like his character in <laughs> Enemy at the Gates, he was there ready to to blow me the fuck away with his with his actual age. Uh, so what do I know? Is 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 my takeaway from that? Not much, to be honest with you. And I and I yeah. and I th- I think to be honest with you, like it does add years. He's he's committing to the uh to the to the I don't even what the hairstyle is called. Like Side. The ring of power. The ring, the ring, of, <laughs> the power. ring of power for the balding, for the balding gentleman. Yeah, he's committing to it. We'll say yeah. he's committing to that ring of power. Um, yeah, it's really interesting to me that you you can't get out of your head that he's eighty yeah, years old. He's, he's so old. He can't. Like he must be the same age as Anthony Hopkins, who I think probably is in his eighties now. But yeah, he, Ed Harris is just one of those guys who has looked like he was in his 50s for the last like 40 years and so i i, I assume that he must be ancient by now but he's not but um yeah he's to get a spry, us back on... spry young 70 year old and that's why he is, he's able yeah. to not die if he was 80 I... he would be dying by we'll, now we'll, we'll we'll get back into that we'll get back into that um but yeah no it's a good a good story this tells i think uh the performances by Celia Ward and i didn't actually look up the the actress who plays his daughter's name but um but she's really good and he's great as well and um I think given this is the first time we meet this character and certainly the first time we really see them interacting in a, in a, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say happy family context because of how it goes, but you know, in theory, it's a, it's a happier context than, than the the situation we've seen uh, the man in black meet his daughter again in the present. Um, I think they do a really good job of of bringing us into that relationship and showing us the dynamics of it um, in a, in a pretty short space of time. Yeah, I do too. And obviously, like, the way the way it goes as well, like, sort of at the very beginning, <laughs> we have these big conversations about the idea that the mother is an addict and she needs to go back to therapy. Mm. Uh, and then it's sort of drip-fed to us throughout the episode um, what actually happened through that. Now, obviously, we, mm. we're not going to talk through it chronologically, so we can just say it turns out that the mother actually uh, was right in her suspicions um, mm. in, ter- in terms of uh, her husband shielding uh, who he really was from her. Uh, and whenever she was supposedly asleep in the bed, he basically told her everything. Stupid yeah. idea to do that. And that caused her to have sort of a crisis in a way. She took the uh, the little card, which we'll talk about later on, and, and, and sort of hid it away for the daughter to find eventually. And then she uh, overdosed and, um, mm-hmm. and died by suicide. So um, did you see that that was the reveal? I think we talked about it earlier in the in the season. Did we did we actually pinpoint the idea that you thought that she was going to die um, by by suicide, or how do, how did we sort of leave that? Before? I, th- I think they do. They did say in the first season that she killed herself, but I think it doesn't take you know like a relationship <laughs> a psychiatrist to look at the man in black and be like, well. There's probably some truth to the idea that you were quite manipulative and at mm. least partially at fault for this relationship falling apart. And and I think it's a it's a not to say it's a bad thing because it, it it works in in lots of situations where it's deployed. But it's very much a trope of television and movie to have uh one of the partners kind of 
have this revelatory uh, mm-hmm. bit of dialogue where they're like, you're right, I, I'm not actually the person that you think I am. And, um, you know, th- th- kind of crossing that Rubicon of the relationship and, and, and laying out the, the, the flaws that everyone kind of suspects in the open uh, as the thing that prompts the other person to then kill themselves. So I, I think I saw this coming um, quite a long way away. I think most people probably did. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely buy... I think that the way they kind of show this relationship and don't really kind of don't seem that invested in really taking a side, so to speak. Like they mm-hmm. they depict his his wife Juliet as being you know a bit of a mess because she's an addict, uh, but they also depict him in a really interesting way, which is a, as he sort of seems supportive, but he's also very distant as well. And you can look at it and be like, he seems like the good guy if you squint. But if you actually sort of yeah. break this down, it's clear that there's probably some truth to both sides of this marriage falling apart. Uh, and and then when you get to the the conclusion of the storyline where he he comes clean and uh, she chooses to kill herself, uh, mm-hmm. it's not as big of a surprise, um, which I don't yeah. think it was ever really intended to be. Um, but it's a, it's a great it's a great set of scenes, I think. Yeah, no, I I know what you mean, and I also think that it it sort of goes some way to explain as well how hard like how he doubles down kind of in this episode yeah um and just says it's almost like he in some way knows that he's responsible for his uh, wife passing away in some fashion and therefore he has to prove that the reason that he was keeping himself secret is more important and therefore he's like making sure to double down and be like you know what like yeah she died but i need it i need to like i need to be this person this is me and he's really yeah. he's almost shutting away that the feelings that he had for his for his wife uh especially whenever he goes as goes as far in this episode as to kill his own daughter yeah um, yeah i mean i think that's a natural extension of it it's 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 him not being able to deal with the consequences of his actions and mm-hmm. the you know the very human emotions that you would experience when when your your wife kills herself um and instead he kind of builds this man in black character around him which has served him okay for the last mm-hmm. however long it's been since since these events but we see the natural conclusion of this man in black persona in that he even when confronted with the reality of you know his last tie to to a, a normal family life mm-hmm. he he refuses to accept that it's real and you know it goes the way it goes yep exactly yeah it goes the way it goes it's, 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 it's a, uh, a great similarity between the way that his um his daughter dies and the way that his wife dies because in both fashions he is responsible mm. having said that he will tell himself lies that he didn't mean to do it uh yeah um so it's a, there's a moment before he kills Emily though, which I thought was really powerful, and it's the moment where he kills all of the Delos workers uh, who come and they're and they're saying, "Oh, it's the boss," and he's got to the point now where his brain is decaying or his um his con- what would you call it? his um his san- like cognitive ability his sanity and yeah, yeah sure. his sanity is decaying to the point now where he's convinced that everything that's happening to him is a, uh, a result of ford yeah. uh sending things to him to try and stop him on his path um so he kills the delos workers and there's a moment where his daughter emily is like what the fuck are you doing these are real people these are real like you know she's basically he's just seen her father commit murder and mm. and to him it's it means nothing human and host are the same now he just needs to get to his his end goal and i thought what did you think of that moment i thought that before he actually killed her um i don't think you expect him to kill her up until the point he does but in no. that mo- in that moment like where he's like oh my god he's actually just killed real people what did you think of that yeah i thought that was really cool um i i didn't honestly like 
I, I didn't actually think about this at the time, but I'm going to mention a, a slight, um, I guess, question. It's not a flaw uh, that I ha- I have with that moment. Where aren't the guns not supposed to work on humans? That hasn't that hasn't worked for a while now. Like they've. But they've, is it, like I thought they just turned off the host's ability to hurt humans. I, I, although I, those I, guns aren't those guns aren't host guns. Those are like the the guns from the, the army men. Oh, did he did he shoot them with the the, the assault the red, rifle? Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. fine. Yeah, that that's fine. That makes sense. I, I couldn't remember if it was his his pistol or not that he did it with. But um, yeah, I mean it, it's it is surprising. I think it's it, it works. It's a bit of a jump, I think, because we haven't really seen him. I'm trying to think if we've seen him actually harm another human prior to this point. And I don't think we have. So it's a little bit of a jump, but it's believable for him and it's played very well. And and yeah, him 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 killing them is a bit of a shock, but it's kind of priming you uh, for the, the, the big shock of the episode, which is him shooting Emily, which mm-hmm. uh, completely caught me by surprise, to be honest. I did, didn't, I thought she was going to be a character who was around for a while and uh, seems like that's probably not the case based on this episode. Yeah, she was just fodder for the character Men of Lacta Grow, but I... So where do you see him going here now? Like, what, 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 you, last episode, uh, you mentioned that you had a theory that you thought he was a host. Yeah. Um, do you still believe that? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on this. Right, you do not show Anthony Hopkins giving him his own kind of like co- captured cognition on one of those like data card things, unless you want the audience to start th- and show him somehow gaining strength through this episode by drinking all right okay no let me start this again his daughter gives him they go to the aid station and she gives him a little red flask yeah. to drink from now he's either a host who isn't gonna die by being shot in the chest three times <laughs> or there's blood in that flask and he's a vampire now it's one of those two things because by the end of this episode he is undoubtedly stronger than he was at the start of this episode and the only thing that happens is he drinks from that flask and then his daughter wraps a bandage around his arm which is the least concerning of all of his wounds to be honest like the arm you can get by without an arm (laughs) the bullet in the stomach is going to be a problem (laughs) yeah i actually didn't Um, question that that's a good point like don't the arm arm is not important emily (laughs) like we can (laughs) we'll fix that later like fucking put something around his torso uh but yeah so i i that plus like the fact that they clearly depict him as becoming stronger throughout the episode ford giving him his his like jim delos style cognition in a Mm -hmm. in a a a card makes me think that at some point he has died and he has carried on the work he did with jim delos by putting his own consciousness into a host and that is the host that we have seen uh or that that is the character that we have come to see as the the man in black like that's always been a host because i i just don't see that that card i know it's used as a plot device to reveal that his daughter was 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 actually real and it wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't a wasn't a, a creation of ford because how else would she possibly know uh the things that she knows and the answer is because she's she's found the uh found the card that he hid um but i think that's a slight red herring and i think it is setting us up for for the man in black being a host as well and having having william having died some time ago Okay, interesting. Great to have a, a Conrad theory, big Conrad theory out, out and about. Yep. Um, okay, uh, well, at the end as well, he does like sort of start searching his own arm to decide. Yes. So if he is a host, do you think we'll get that answer next episode then? I think we probably do. 
Um, I, I think there's there's also a couple of great misdirects in here. So as you say, he starts searching his own arm, um, mm-hmm. and we also before he kills them, we get the um, the dudes uh, for for the 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 park coming up and using a a scanner. And it very, very specifically says, uh, like, it's checking for, like, the bomb in the spine. Like, it's checking for the vertebrae thing in the spine. It's not checking whether they're a host, which seems like... <laughs> it seems like maybe the the spine bomb thing is not the thing to check for, <laughs> for there. But um, I think the fact that it's checking for a bomb in his spine is a deliberate misdirect as well. Because if he's, you know, the boss and he's put himself into a host, obviously he's not going to put like in the, in the manufacturing of the host that he's putting himself into he's not going to put the bomb in the spine because he needs to go back to the real world and carry on living as as william do we know 100 percent that that is what they're looking for i know i think like, that's what it says on the sc- it says something oh, about it. vertebrae on the screen which i think okay. is what they're looking for okay okay uh, um but uh yeah i think i think that's got to be you, you've got to get that next episode surely otherwise he's just going to be walking around with like a bullet in his chest being like i don't know this red, this red flask has really done the trick for me. <laughs> I mean, it does say a lot that the owner of this co- this company, who obviously knows what these scanners are doing, he was scanned and passed, but he was still questioned whether he was a host after that. So therefore, he must have information that a host could pass that scanner. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and, and you know, he wouldn't be the first one, um, the, the first person to like pass as a human that's actually a host let's be honest <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah we've we've been down this road before in westworld so it wouldn't surprise me for them to do it again yeah yeah exactly exactly um okay so i'm pretty sure that's most of the uh william man in black stuff um yeah, well the only thing i was going to mention mm-hmm. is apparently like william created the valley beyond that was the thing that we saw Ake oh, that's what i wanted like, to mention too yeah mm-hmm. yeah so so like the the, the place that we saw Ake like turn up at somehow bypassing his own spine bomb um that was a thing that was created by william and there's that conversation between him and ford where they're saying like you you stay out of the valley beyond and i'll i'll not mess up your narratives or whatever it was they say which is odd because i just don't know what i mean the valley beyond i guess is a physical place uh, as we found out in the last two episodes which kind of puts to bed my theory that it was some kind of uh ai simulation or something like that um, so I don't really know what the reveal of it is going to be like in the next episode, to be honest. Well, I know that like it's something, isn't it something to do with the fact that they're collecting all this data to yeah. sort of build humans as hosts, their consciousness. And now this is what I wanted to actually touch upon. What did you think about the reveal that there's scanners in the hats? Oh, I didn't see that. There's scanners in the in the in the cowboy hats. Yeah, didn't you? You didn't catch that. So no, but, I missed that completely. That's great. Because uh, Emily and uh, Emily and uh, her dad were talking, and they were like, uh, Emily was like, "But hang on, if you're creating consciousness, like, I don't know why Emily would know all this. Like, we don't even know what her background is. What's her job? Like, but she she's like, hang on, if you're cr- if you're like trying to create the human human brain and like you know copy it and create a perfect copy of it you need to know all the little details it's not enough just to get all the general swaths correct and then she says like you would need to be scanning their brain imaging their brain every second they're in the park again i don't know why she's thinking that but apparently that's what you have to do um and then uh and then the man in black just like sort of like sort of uh, ushers his hat. She takes. Oh, her... I missed him. I missed him doing that. Yeah, and she so... she she takes off her hat and has a look inside it and all. Uh, it's just you know. And I was I I was like cut it open. Let's see the wires. But no, they, they don't do that. But apparently, apparently, uh, they've been imaging the brain, which is interesting to me because it's a really cool. Because we remember the hat that he took off 
the hat that he he wears he took that off a host originally yes. now yeah. it would be a really interesting way to be like but they never scanned my brain but at the same mm. time hang on hang on but we already have your brain on a chip like we like they did scan your brain so yeah well he wanted them to scan his brain to be yeah, fair yeah. so he could have just he could have just sat down with them for a for a private brain scanning session um at some point but yeah i i, I missed the, the the hat thing that is that is really funny actually and I, it reminds me it puts me in mind of a comment on one of our earlier videos which i i i tend to only skim the comments because i don't want to get spoiled um but back when we i think it might have even been the uh, no where, where does william turn up is it the second episode of season one? Second episode yeah yeah so um when william turns up and i and i was kind of like joking about the, the the big choice of picking a white hat or a black hat and i was a bit like that's a little on the nose um and um, i think we had a comment saying like t- like picking the hat is actually quite important and i was like oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and like looking back at that now it's like ah now it makes sense i mean to be honest with you i i don't think that that uh that hat comment was talking about the uh, te- <laughs> technology of the hat. I think that was you. You don't talk down to our listeners, all right? That was that was that was. What no, I'm talking. Saying. I'm talking up. I'm talking up to our listeners because I. I think I can't remember exactly who. Maybe it was Eric. Someone uh, put that comment on. But I remember that comment, and because I, I remember thinking that they were talking about like the symbolism of the black mm. white hat, and at the time. Like William was a white hat cowboy, but he then. But at the time, we knew, like we knew, and you didn't, that older, gonna, yeah, older William the was the hat. was was the black hat. So I think that's it was more of a poetic uh, reason why that commenter was saying that, uh, which in my opinion builds up the commenter, not breaks them down. Because if you're just saying, <laughs> but hang on, that happened in season two, that's less poetic. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely the symbolism is definitely the the most important part about that. But I do like. I, what do you think they do if someone's like, no, no, no hat for me, thanks. <laughs> like when they when yeah. they come to the bar, bandana. Uh, I <laughs> insist, sir. <laughs> like yeah. you have to a range of wigs. <laughs> yeah. Every possibly, or you have like a little drone following you around above your head the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Okay. So that was the main storyline. We do have one or two other things to talk about. Um, mm. first of all, Teddy. So the last thing we see in this episode is. Teddy coming to the conclusion, he sort of gained consciousness himself. He's saying that he can remember everything, uh, but he sort of he sort of is at the point now where he sort of realizes that Dolores has changed him, yeah. and he doesn't he doesn't like that. And he, he says, "I said I would protect you to the day I die." And then he himself shoots himself in the head because he's saying, "Well, that's today's that day. I, I'm never going to betray you or kill you, but I need to get out of this." So he's like, he's just like, "See you later. I'm out." Yeah, he just he 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 can't be what she wants him to be um you know she's turned him into this sort of like murderous hard-nosed killer mm. and it it doesn't jibe with how he sees himself and you know his memories of of himself as a person so he chooses to die which i i think is it's a good end to their relationship um i don't feel like we really got to see teddy doing like the kind of depraved stuff that i think would be required to push him towards this cuz i mean really he he said a couple of things that are a bit like oh that was a bit hard but like he hasn't really done anything that's that's that that's that different he's killed some hosts you know that's but but it's not it didn't really work for me as a as a like the conclusion i think makes sense but i think the path to that conclusion could have been done a bit better yeah yeah um okay i, I get what you mean i think i i personally obviously i've seen the rest of it but i personally like when i first saw this i was like 
I kind of am still willing Dolores to change her ways. Like, not change her mission, I suppose. I don't really know what her mission is at this stage in the show when I was first watching it. But I'd, yeah, I'd that's like... kind of where I am as well. I'm like, she's headed for the Valley Beyond, and so are the the, the so is Ake and, and the Ghost Nation natives, or they're kind of protecting it, I guess. But there's a conflict coming here, but I, I don't really see why or how it's going to be delivered, I think. Yeah, like the the previous uh, episode uh, with Dolores in it, I think it was a couple of episodes ago, where she uh, she basically killed her for her and father. Yeah. So I I don't I don't I don't necessarily think that that points to this particular thing with Teddy changing her path because if she's willing to kill her own father, why would this change it? Um, yeah. Having said that, it might give her a pause. Um. So yeah, I think that, she's that, lost her moral anchors. I guess is what they're doing mm-hmm. here. You know, her father and and Teddy were the were the, the the last ties to goodness that she had yeah. um so i, I guess it it works as, uh, in terms of what a character is going to become in the next episode i guess but a dolores storyline has been one that has been very up and down so i i think the impact was was lessened a little bit for me because of that yeah and we and we do have confirmation that the only reason teddy likes her is because he saw her naked when he first woke up so yeah that's true so he probably deserves to die anyway, a bit of a shallow bastard. <laughs> Teddy is cancelled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, forever. Um, we did speculate that James Marsden probably wasn't going to be sticking around for too long. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. I, I I was thinking at the end of this episode, I was like, okay, we lost a lot of characters in the last few episodes. I was like, the man in black is either either a host or dead. Maeve, I was like, mm, she seems like she's like kind of... She should probably die, although it seems like that's not going to happen. So I wonder if they're just going to clean slate at the end of this and be like, we're in a new world now. <laughs> like yeah. We're going to future world or whatever. Yeah, no one no one is there. At yeah, all not anymore. a single... Lee Sizemore's the only character that makes it through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we could all hope. Uh, right, okay. Now, um, there is a mention of Maeve there you just did. So we'll talk yeah. about Maeve because maybe Maeve's, Maeve and Bernard are the two other big parts of this episode. So we'll quickly scoot on through them both. Uh, Maeve is still flayed up, sitting on a bed. Um, yeah. Almost seems to, based based on the way Ford speaks to her, almost is implying, it's almost implying that she's sort of given up. Uh, yeah. And then and then Ford gives her a rousing speech in yeah. which Ford says, she like basically she was always his favorite. Um yeah. This is okay. horseshit. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. have they? Okay, here's a question for the for the eagle-eyed listeners and for you as well. Yeah. Has Ford even spoken to Maeve before this scene? I think we've seen at least one. Not not in this sort of way. Just back whenever she was just a host. I, I, yeah, I don't remember them ever sharing screen time before this. So like mm. when he's like, "You're always my favorite." It's like, well, first off, that's complete bollocks because it was obviously the Bernard or Dolores who were your fa- your favorites. Yeah. And and also the point, it's just. It, yeah, it just doesn't. It, it just doesn't feel. It, it makes both. It makes him feel like a liar, and I don't feel like Maeve would be pepped up by this. So I can't, I get the point, but it's. I don't know. It seems stupid. Yeah, no, it definitely feels stupid. It's, he's like, it's like a manipulative father, you know. He's like, yeah. he's like, yeah, you're my favorite. I've promised. Yeah, you yeah. Maybe that's what he. It's like when I talk to my cats, and I'm just like, each one is my favorite. I'm like, but really, one of them is my favorite, and it's not you, Thomas. Well, actually, I will. I will say, um, I. I I'm not like Ford. I, whenever I had my second son, I found myself accident. One time, I accidentally said 
to my oldest son like you know where's my favorite boy or whatever and then i was like nope i cannot say that anymore so then i say where's 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 my favorite boys or you're a great fella aren't you you know i can't qualify it more like where's my favorite oldest son although i guess that could be misinterpreted because you could be saying they are your favorite and also your old (laughs) oldest son i mean like i mean high level grammar already at three years old so we have to we have to be careful it's a mind i mean listen any good parent will pit their children against each other to compete for their affection that's that's just how well that's what ford does that's what yeah exactly he's Um, got it right yeah, he's got it right. Uh, yeah, so basically, Ford says you're my favorite. Uh, there is some some nice dialogue here, I suppose, mm. where he, where he talks about like he didn't expect her to go back to save her daughter, and yeah. she chose not to leave. Like his plan was always for her to leave, so she chose to get off the path um, and and go back to see save her daughter. And then he's like, "Well, that's why I'm still here because I need to save you. You're my favorite daughter." Uh, so it, got, it was a bit silly, but but at yeah. the same time. I, it, it, I can understand what the writers were going for. And then he gives her a wee kiss on the head. Yep. Uh, very slow. Um, they probably had to do a number of takes just so they didn't get a spit line coming from the old man's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> just, yeah, like Anthony Hopkins' clammy lips just pressed yeah. against pressed against Maeve's forehead. Poor Tandy Wayne Yoon. Uh, non-existent clammy lips, let's be honest. So it probably would be okay. That's uh, true, but, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a strange scene, I will say. Uh, and he says, basically, he just says to her, "Don't let them, I, I, like, don't, don't let them kill you or whatever, yeah. like, you know." So yeah. now she, then all of a sudden, the the pat, the tablet next to her starts to lighten up. I'm like, Maeve, why weren't you doing this before? Why do yeah. you need Anthony Hopkins? You know, to it's come? like it's like in a Rocky movie. Like he needs Adrian to come and give him a rousing speech two thirds of the way through <laughs> to get him in the in the mindset to beat Ivan Drago or whatever. Like that's this is. This is her moment to, you know, get the Rocky theme starts playing and she's going to get up and she's going to stop Clementine from blowing up everyone or making them all go mad with her yeah, like, what's, new film. What's that like, about? What so, is that I mean, about? I, I think they like Charlotte is trying to get control of the park and she has repurposed Maeve's superpower and stuck it into Clementine and been like, Clementine can essentially use Maeve's superpowers to drive all hosts around her insane, and presumably mm-hmm. they're going to try and use that, deploy her as a host weapon of mass destruction on all the all the rebels in the park um, to fix the situation. I guess is where they're going with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'll go, I'll go with it. Uh, it's <laughs> it's pretty weird. Like it's I was like I, I've obviously I've seen it before, but that particular plot point I I kind of was misty to me, yeah. and so I, in my head I was like, is this like zombie apocalypse now or something? Like you know, yeah, raising these. <laughs> The, the the thing that is is kind of dumb about that whole plot line is like if if Charlotte's plan is really just to kill all of the hosts, um, I mean there's ways to do that that don't involve you know having to having to make them tear each other apart and you know g- capture Maeve to get this superhero ability like can you not mm-hmm. just like bomb the park like it it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels. It feels like there's been an unnecessarily high human cost to this. To this she's, whole she's thing, she's got to get Peter Abernathy's brain nut out of there. Come yeah, on. that's true. That is true. She needed that nut. It's an important. It's an important brain nut. She needs. Uh, she needs. I can't wait to see what she in needs. That. Peter Abernathy's nut. All right. <laughs> I don't know what's in that nut, but it better be good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Um. There we go. Bernard. Last thing. So Bernard uh, basically had to scramble. He got Ford out of his head because he had to scramble to try not to kill Elsie. Yes. Bernard, no, Ford was doing his best to try and get uh, Bernard, who's obviously his favorite child, uh, to kill Elsie. Um, yeah, because she's going to betray him, presume, like, or, or so he thinks. Yeah, but Bernard has a heart of gold. And then 
what, can you help me here, right? Bernard was sitting in the in the, the truck or the little dune buggy, having having got rid of Ford. Yeah. With his tablet out. Yeah. And and then Elsie looks over to him and says, "Were you gonna kill me? How did she know that?" Yeah, that it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's it's them them writing from a position of knowledge, um, because I I I suppose like El, if we're being charitable, Elsie has reason to distrust Bernard because he's obviously uh, taken her prisoner or, or captured her and stuck her in a cave mm-hmm. um, before. But to my knowledge, she, he's never indicated any kind of violent tendency towards her. Yeah. So there's really no reason why she would suspect that. It was just them kind of putting a a bow on on the section where Bern- uh, where Bernard gets rid of Ford uh, because Ford's trying to get him to kill Elsie, and it it doesn't make sense at all. It's just dumb. Yeah, it's just dumb. Uh, so Bernard's now on his own. We'll find out what he does yep. next uh, episode. Was there anything you wanted to add, Conrad, to the end there? I think we've not, touched most not, things. Yeah, not really. Like, I mean, Bernard has 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 spent almost this entire season having people fucking with his brain. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how he how he does now going forward with Ford presumably uh, out of the picture. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I think uh, it's interesting what you said at the beginning in terms of you know feeling like this is building to something. All of these characters are now seemingly headed in the same direction. You got Clementine mm-hmm. is presumably going to be weaponized. Bernard, I I don't really know what Bernard's going to try and do now. I guess stop the, the 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 massive conflict. Dolores is on the other side of the the conflict. Um, so and and then you got the man in black who. I don't really know where he goes from here. He continues to be a vampire, I guess. So all, all of these characters are moving in a direction. I, I don't really know what how the end of this season is going to look, though, which I do. I guess is interesting. I know you do. No, you, you do. You, you do, too. Do There's going to be a load of hosts in a, in a lake. That's true. And a tiger. But the tiger's yeah. already there, actually. So Tiger's already there, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's we saw you sort of know where that's going to go. So it's it's interesting to see how that all marries together. That's, next week's episode is an hour and a half long, Conrad. So oh, nice! Another feature length one to finish, like they did for the first season. Um, Lovely. Feels less deserved this season, to be honest with you, to yeah. finish with a big feature length. But we'll <laughs> yeah. go with it. We'll go with it. Um, yeah, my my. When you said that, if I'm being honest, my initial reaction was like, "Oh, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. do, do, you, do you need an hour and a half to wrap up all these storylines?" Yeah, exactly. Um, you could you could watch the Scooby Doo film one point two times in that in that in that amount of time. So. Oh, which would be better? That's the that's the real question. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scooby Doo was originally written by uh, someone who wrote really good films. I can't remember right now. So it wasn't it, it wasn't Jonathan Nolan and um, <laughs> no no and, no and what's the face the other the lady writer <laughs> that that would be a turn up for the books. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Let's know in the comments, guys. Who wrote the first Scooby Doo film? Thanks very much. Uh, well. <laughs> I, I really hope someone answers that uh thanks for watching guys we are obviously the uh, culture cave on youtube and the after podcast on audio apps leave us a comment if you'd like to get uh, talk to us uh also like the video subscribe all that sort of good stuff thanks very much for watching, and we'll be back next week with the season two finale goodbye goodbye